This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, December 11th. I'm Gavin McGough. And I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, cell outage puzzles residents and providers. G is for government previews town council. Telluride experiences the dark side of the moon. And a mountain weather forecast. Folks from Norwood to Telluride who were browsing the internet or attempting to make a phone call might have been out of luck late Saturday evening as residents across San Miguel County experienced service interruptions. The county's emergency manager, Shannon Armstrong, says the outages are all related. Some CenturyLink service, AT&T FirstNet, which is like the the first responder version of AT&T cell service, it all rides on the same backbone. And so that's why typically when one thing goes down, most things go down. In this case, the thing to go down was a shared piece of hardware. It was, explains Armstrong, a, just a hardware failure, um, a critical piece of hardware networking. Hardware went down and had to be replaced, and that replacement did take place yesterday. However, even after Sunday's work, AT&T users have continued to experience phone outages both Sunday night and Monday morning. These lingering interruptions have been reported from Telluride all the way to Redvale in the West End. AT&T technicians had expected yesterday's repairs to fix the issue, so the cause of the continued outages is being explored. Armstrong spoke with a contact at the provider, and she says, He kind of thinks it's a separate issue, but we, we don't know what that is at this point. Um, it sounds like they're still digging, still working on it, still trying to figure out um, exactly what's going on. So we don't know if it's, it's separate or related. On Monday, the San Miguel County Sheriff's Office notified residents that internet and phone outages may be ongoing and tied the issue to degraded cell towers. The Sheriff's Office adds anyone in need of urgent medical services should call 911 and not the Telluride Medical Center directly. To reach law enforcement, the Sheriff's Dispatch line remains functional. The number is 970-729-2252. Armstrong adds other practical advice for staying connected. The first kind of line of defense, if you will, is just make sure that your cell phone is set to make calls over Wi-Fi. That will only work, of course, if you have internet access. But internet connectivity tends to be pretty resilient in our region. Clay Networks, I know, has been working hard, um, and also some of our other providers, to make sure that they have different routes of service, and so that if one goes down, they can just flip a switch and get service back up through an alternate pathway um, and get people back up, which is what happened in Norwood on Saturday. The bottom line, says Armstrong. Be aware that you might lose communication and and kind of just have a personal plan um, for when that happens. At broadcast deadline, officials estimated the problem would be resolved in 24 to 72 hours. Telluride Town Council is back on Tuesday with noise ordinances, the East End Master Plan, and boards and commissions on the docket. In this installment of G is for Government, Council Member Geneva Shawnette shares what to expect. Have a listen. Hey Geneva, thanks for coming in for another installment of G is for Government. Absolutely. Telluride Town Council is back on Tuesday. It feels like y'all were just there because you kind of were. <laughs> we're just, we had one week between uh, council meetings this 
last go around, but you are kicking off the morning with three work sessions. What are those going to be looking at? Yeah, so at 10 a.m., our first work session is going to be discussing um, some code changes for for our noise ordinances in town. I know everybody's probably familiar with some conversations we had about noise uh, ordinances and laws in the past year or two, but those more had to do with music and entertainment. Um, This conversation has more to do with construction noise. Um, And those who are familiar with our municipal code know that it's it's a little bit complicated and we have lists of what uh, tools are allowed at what times on what days and it's very confusing so um, in collaboration with uh, some of our local construction companies we've uh, our staff has come up with a solution that would really simplify things and then next um, we at 1030 we have an hour-long work session about the East End master plan uh, that the county is working on and has been working on uh, it's normal in these situations for the municipalities under the county umbrella, like the town of Telluride, town of Mountain Village, to extend sort of an official feedback back to the county about the uh, proposed East End Master Plan. And this is going to be an opportunity for our new council to hear from Kay Simonson from the county, as well as get some input from uh our planning and zoning commission and our staff about this plan and really discuss it. Um, We're not going to be taking public comment at this work session. It's really a chance for all of us to get on the same page about um, the background on this new uh, proposed plan and discuss amongst ourselves and our staff. At 1130, uh, we are going to have a discussion about town boards and commissions, um, specifically terms, uh, eligibility, composition, term limits. Uh, This topic has sort of been brought up a few times over the past few years, and we are now in a position um, after making some slight home rule charter changes that we can amend the way that we regulate our boards and commissions. As part of our um, JEDI uh, diversity and equity work um, that the town is trying to embark on, we want to get some more diverse and inclusive boards and commissions. And part of that um, is a discussion of term limits because people tend to apply to these boards and stay on them for a really long time, which is great for their service to the community and their knowledge base. But we're looking at new and different ways to encourage a diverse pool of applicants. Um, So we'll be discussing that as well. Got it. So that will take you up until lunch. You have kind of like the traditional admin things that take place right after lunch. And then um, you're actually going to be jumping back in with another work session later in the afternoon. So we have two work sessions in the afternoon at two tw- scheduled to start at 2.20. Um, the first is going to be from Matt Skinner at the Colorado Flights Alliance, just kind of talking about any updates with um, the airport, um, with flights, how our uh travel data has been going up and down over time um, and we're just getting our annual report from him on that and then after that we are going to discuss uh, council's um, option to purchase a deed restricted unit and then we have two action items the first is uh, consideration and approval of the ecology commission work plan that Zoe Denal is going to be presenting followed by uh, some budget adjustments um, from the end of the year we've definitely collected some more money than we anticipated through real estate transfer tax and many other uh, adjustments we need to make. Perfect. Well, thanks for coming in for another installment of Geos for Government and taking a couple minutes to chat. Thank you so much. See you tomorrow.
Pink Floyd's album, The Dark Side of the Moon, debuted in 1973. 50 years later, it's coming to Telluride. I said, hey, Leo, let's see if we can tackle something that's not just big, but known. That's Tuck Gillette, Telluride Middle High School band teacher. This week, a band made up of over 20 students ranging from 7th to 12th grade will be performing the entirety of the album at the Palm Theater. It's like asking the kids to be good enough to meet the consciousness of this album in the minds of however many people are out there and then not just match it but invite them to artistically connect with the band on stage. In putting the concert together, Gillette spent the first half of the semester diving into the history of music movements and the importance of coming together to make and share music. Gillette notes the Hamas bombing of a music festival in Israel in October highlighted the importance of bringing music and light into the world. Everybody was extremely aware of the connection of them and all the way back through the tradition that came from the earliest days of psychedelic rock in San Francisco. So when we talk about what the process is, that's the foundation that I put, that we started with at the beginning of the year. And then the tragedy just gave us a moment and galvanized me with the idea of like, we're doing it because we're continuing a tradition. How do you drive out darkness? Only with light. And we are the light. And you know, right now I'm thinking about like the prism on the on the cover of the album. The performance will be complete with backup singers, a horn section, original sound effects and interviews, a modest light show, and original imagery. While Gillette notes he wears many hats in putting the show together, he says it's also student-led. What's been really the best is that like I've taken myself out of the teacher, uh, teacher role and tried, and I've said this in, in these words, to put myself in a lot more of a facilitator and like a camp counselor type role. And I'll let people know what I expect because the audience is expecting them because it's such a well-known piece. Um, but I'm largely letting people figure out the parts on their own. Estrella Nieto is a 10th grader and singing backup in the concert. She says that student leadership has created a sense of camaraderie. In music, you can get a feeling out of it. You get to know people, how they are. Half of these kids in this class, I didn't really know who they were till today or when we started playing. So we've made some bonds that only we know what they are in this class. And it's a super, it's a nice class. And we're, we're a band now. The fact that they will be playing a well-known album isn't lost on the group, but Nieto says that adds to the excitement. Here in town, Pink Floyd is pretty well-known, especially with the rock and everything. It's something we all know, so it was pretty cool for all of us to get together, come together, and be able to play a full album for the first time. 
Telluride High School senior Theo Morgan, playing the organ in the show, hopes there's something to resonate with everyone in the audience. I feel like probably most people have heard like at least one of the songs on Dark Side of the Mood, like Money. So hopefully they can kind of relate to that song in a way and hopefully they kind of feel at home with listening to the other songs. Gillette agrees. If the people on stage are doing it right, everybody in the audience feels like they're singing it to them. And I want people to have these both personal experiences and also walk away saying, wow, I'm really glad that I went to experience this with a bunch of other people. The Dark Side of the Moon concert from the Telluride Middle High School Band will take place at 6 p.m. on Tuesday, December 12th at the Palm Theater. The event is free and the whole community is welcome. There is no dark side in the moon, really. Matter of fact, it's all dark. Some psychologists call it the paradise paradox. Mountain communities known for their beauty and ample sunshine also see some of the country's highest rates of depression, isolation, and suicide. The Telluride Mountain Club, the Peter Inglis Avalanche Fund, and the Wilkinson Library are holding space this week to address this relationship between place and mental health and discuss trauma, grief, and resilience in our high-altitude community. The workshop, for adults only, will be led by mental health professional Lauren Glass and will explore how communities can come together to provide care in times of stress and fracture. This first event in the ongoing Mental Health in the Mountains series will take place on Wednesday, December 13th from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. in the Wilkinson Library program room. If you or someone you know is experiencing a mental health crisis, you can contact the 24-hour Suicide and Crisis Hotline at 988 for support. Hop on your magic carpet and fly to the Sheridan Opera House. This weekend, the Sheridan Arts Foundation's Young People's Theater is kicking off its 25th season with a production of Aladdin Jr., Featuring over 20 students, grades 6 to 8, and directed by Jennifer Nyman-Julia, the production follows Aladdin down on his luck until he finds a genie who has the power to grant three wishes. Wanting to earn the respect of the Princess Jasmine, Aladdin embarks on an adventure that will test his will and his moral character. The production is based on the 1992 Disney film, which was adapted into a 2014 Broadway hit. Aladdin will take place at the Sheridan Opera House on Friday, December 15th and Saturday, December 16th at 6 p.m. There will be a matinee on Sunday, December 17th at 2 p.m. Tickets are available at SheridanOperaHouse.com. The Colorado Department of Agriculture has hired a front-range farmer to serve as its first water policy advisor. KUNC's Alex Hager has the details. Robert Sakata mostly grows grain and feed crops in Brighton and on the Eastern Plains. Now he'll advise the state on water use by farms and ranches. Sakata says he'll try to bridge divides between East Slope and West Slope farmers and give a voice to growers in state policy. I am so excited by this opportunity to, to be that connector of ideas and conversations and hopefully come up with some creative solutions. 
About 90% of the water in Colorado is used on farms and ranches. That's come under increasing scrutiny as the Colorado River shrinks and policymakers look to cut back on demand. I'm Alex Hager. This fall, access to women's health care in Jackson, Wyoming, got a jolt. The Women's Health and Family Care Clinic announced its closing after three decades, citing rising costs as the region experiences a crisis of affordability. It's the second women's health center to close this year in Jackson, leaving just one major OBGYN clinic left in town. In addition, the Women's Health and Family Care Clinic was also the only abortion provider for a large swath of the Mountain West. With the state's abortion ban being challenged in the courts, there are real questions about the future of reproductive care in Teton County and Wyoming. Several women spoke with Jackson Hole Community Radio about how they're feeling. When I was diagnosed with cervical cancer, it was in March of 2022. And then just a few short months later, they actually closed their doors. Women's health is now so crucial for me after my diagnosis. And then it just really takes you down this rabbit hole of like, okay, well, what does accessible health in general look like here in Jackson? And so you kind of start to spiral about like, is this the right place for us to stay forever, to start a family, to grow old together? I am currently 30 weeks pregnant and I'm due to deliver at the end of January. It was like several weeks of extraordinary stress and worry. And in that window, I started doing like a lot of research about the OB care options in Wyoming to figure out where else I could go. I'm still grappling with the news. I, I'm sure there are other women like me who are like, well, wait, now what? And what do we do? So for the relative size of our town, I think we have a decent support system or did. But yeah, it's still a small pool. And when you first find out that you're pregnant, you're looking for the right person. And you don't want just anyone. You want to go with someone that like sees your vision. And now that we're, we've reduced our options, I think it's going to be very limiting for women. And I don't even think it was that broad prior. When I heard about this, I like... I just like started crying. I just felt like really heartbroken for for all the women in Jackson and for so many women that work in the hospitality industry that don't have health insurance and, you know, they just don't have the means to pay for their visits. I'm just worried that a lot of my peers won't have their annual pap smears and won't be screened for HPV or cancer. Also, like I need my IUD taken out and I can't get in. Or I'd like to go on birth control, but I can't get in. It's just like this constant source of stress that just hovers over women's care, whether it ranges from, you know, dealing with your period to getting pregnant. I hate to say that I don't have hope, but I don't have a ton of hope. Obviously, women's health care is kind of under attack right now in a number of different places. It's a big force with, you know, people trying to determine what we should and shouldn't be doing with our bodies and what healthcare is available. And then also, you know, with the rising costs of just being able to operate in the community. It's more than just the checkup. It's, it's more than like the physical act of getting your annual or, you know, delivering your baby. It's like emotional, spiritual, physical support. What we need to do as a community is just like come together and put these resources out there because 
I don't think that women's health is a lost cause in this town. I just think that we need more encouragement and just to have these resources made available to everyone. Teton County residents Jennifer Dance, Ryan May Handy, Jessica Baker, and Michelle Lasel discussing the lack of women's health care options in Teton County following the shuttering of two providers this year. The audio postcard was produced by Jackson Hole Community Radio reporter Hannah Mersbach for Rocky Mountain Community Radio. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for clouds tonight with a low around 25 degrees. Tuesday brings a slight chance of snow with a high in the mid-30s, followed by a cloudy night with a low around 25 and a chance of snow continuing. Wednesday brings a 60% chance of snow showers and a high around 35 degrees. A chance of snow lingers into Wednesday night when the low is around 20. This has been the news for Monday, December 11th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206.